one of my favorite like podcast bits ever I've heard I I've listened to. It's like just these guys were talking about like what what weird like things there must exist that turn people on. And like <laughs> they were also eating chips. So one guy goes, What what if like somebody is like turned on by telling other people to not eat? And then the other guy goes, So, so now I want you to I want you to not eat. <laughs> and I like lost my Stop shit. chewing. Yeah. <laughs> If I don't get back to you about your request to eat, that means no. In three, two, one, action. Hello and welcome to Fade In, the show where we talk about movies we watch and the movies we make. I'm Tess. I'm Chris. And on today's show, we have our first guest of season two, But before I get to him and introduce him, I want to give you guys a really quick update. Last week, we talked about the film we did for 48 Hour Film Project New Haven. Uh, It's called House of Fury. It's right there on our YouTube page. The really funny kung fu movie. We recently found out that we were given the Audience Choice Award for the film for the festival. So we're really excited about that. Hashtag humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. Um, we don't know if we've won anything bigger than that, but we are so thrilled about that because it's the first real big award that we've ever gotten as a as Connecticut Filmworks, and we're really grateful that other people actually like our our nonsense film, <laughs> nonsense film that really does make sense. But anyway, uh, so we do have a guest today. We're going to be talking about editing, specifically the importance and effect of pacing in an edit, and to help us with that is uh, a newcomer to Connecticut Filmworks, a recent college grad from California who found us. What's that? Oregon. Oregon. You're from Oregon? Why did I think you're from California? Oh, you you want me to? (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Oregon, Oregon, not California. (laughs) Why did I think you're from California? Film? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, well, he came across because the country. you're so great. You're Why did A I, class. And I said it in the meeting, too. I said something about California, like Connecticut being 30 times the size of California because I yeah, thought you were from California. I was like, you mean California <laughs> being 30 comparison. times the size of Connecticut, Wait, not the other way around like you just said. <laughs> well, guys, our guest today, as you can already hear, is Evan Olson. He was the editor on uh, House of Fury, and he is here uh, as our first guest of season two. Welcome to the show, Evan. Well, hello. <laughs> His, fo- his voice is enough similar to mine that you'll be like, is the guest talking or is the co-host? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think his voice is a little bit lower. I don't know. Maybe one of, you, one of you could put on a, a fake voice. Are we going to have a voice off? Are we going to have a voice off? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 voice cracked. Evan just went through puberty on the air. <laughs> one point for me, I guess. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I like We're for gonna... a second, I was like, is he scared of having a voice off with me? Am I intimidating? <laughs> yes. The answer to everything is yes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but so today uh, we are going to talk about editing. But before we get there, we're going to be doing our first segment that we do in every show. What have you been watching? And we normally don't have our guests on for this, but we uh, we wanted to include Evan. Because he's uh, special. But we have this segment to kind of catch up with each other and talk about what has stuck with us in terms of uh, movies or TV. What has stuck with us through this past week that we want to talk about? So as the guest, we'll let you go first. Evan, what have you been watching? Well, I've been watching Game of Thrones. Oh, boy. You're that guy. That guy. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
We talked about I this last week. We both, he and I, both stopped watching the show. But you're the guy watching. You gotta, you gotta represent, man. Right. I think, I think, I was gonna say, like, did he listen to our last episode? And it was like, oh, this is not okay. I'm coming on this show now. <laughs> <laughs> we ragged on it last, and we both gave up a long time ago. I gave up around season four, and Chris gave up around season two. So, why is it stuck with you this week? What about it keeps you watching? Well, I really noticed that the episodes in this season, the pace is a lot faster. Oh, foreshadowing to our main topic. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, pace, right. But like, it's like there's this season and then there's the next season and that's it. And these these episodes are a lot shorter. So these are seven episodes and six episodes shorter. So the pace is definitely a lot faster. They're trying to close up the show. And so I just noticed when I was watching it that they scenes that would take an entire season to happen. Like you have one character travel from one part of the continent to the next part happen in a single scene and he says i'm gonna go to this location and then in five minutes he's there there's no grand journey so it kind of like negates the world building that the past seasons have done yeah it's it's already built they just want to like get to the point yeah fuck it he rode a horse (laughs) right (laughs) like they built this entire thing for like over six years of Jon snow meeting the khaleesi right and Mm -hmm. the journey is five minutes he shows up on a boat he says hi like it's not a like hey it's not a grand scene did he row the boat? Is that no? No, he was just pulling the boat to the shore. Hey guys, I'm fresh off there. the boat, just looking for some work. If anyone, <laughs> that is not how John so sounds. How long has it been since you've seen the show? <laughs> I I know. I'm just saying, like, it's funny to me that you're saying he's fresh off the boat, which oh. like makes me think of like a guy who just came to New York with twenty dollars in his pocket. <laughs> oh yeah, I was transported with that. Yep, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, So, I mean, what about it makes you keep watching it? Because, like, a lot of... I mean, it's quite popular, obviously. It's all over everywhere. But is there, like, something about it that really keeps you, you like, loving it and wanting to see it? I just want to see what happens to the characters. I'm just too invested not to stop anymore. (laughs) Too many hours. Too Too many hours. 60 60 hours? Is that what it is now? How many episodes there are now? 60? Do you keep a journal? It's it's like the freaking marks on the wall of a prison. Like you cross another oh, yeah. one, another day, another episode. Another episode. Mm-hmm. I, uh, to be oh. clear, it's a good show. I'm just saying it's a lot. It's too much. Hundreds of characters. And too many characters. Too many characters. That's, that's what I said. I was like, I can't. I don't know the people's names. Do you know the people's names? Not all of them. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. And this is purely speculative. Do you think once they close the... The, sh- the main show that there's going to be like a spin-off show. I think they already have spin-offs planned. I'm not. Wow. I think I read the Game of Thrones it. cinematic universe. Oh my God. But the show prints money. How could you not? Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird that that show is so long now that you can be not in the show. You can be nostalgic about the show when it began. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Evan's been watching Game of Thrones. He's the only one here that has. Um, and you'll, we'll have to check back in you. But <laughs> we'll, we'll have to check back in with you when uh, when it's over. And when Tess gets her syntax right. <laughs> Give me syntax right. So uh, Chris, what have you been watching? I mean, it's it's a pretty dry week for me to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, the only thing I've I've watched. <laughs> God damn it. It's really not that dirty, okay? It's um, keep talking. <laughs> Evan's losing it. No, don't don't die on us, Evan. 
we just introduced you. <coughs> we need you need to complete the the Game season Thrones, two arc yeah. now. Yeah, mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta pee off the wall together. Nothing <laughs> registered until you laughed. <laughs> And then, right? and then I said uh, right before that I had done the bad syntax, which was dirty. Also, I've been I've been saying for months, Tess brings like the naughty side of you out. Um, oh, of anybody in Yeah, particular. just anybody. Just you radiate that aura. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. I will start your section over. So uh, it's been a dry week, guys. <laughs> I haven't watched much, uh, but I did check out the new Castlevania show on Netflix. Uh, what I, the heck is that? So Castlevania was a video game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, I'm not a dork. No. Nope. Uh, 1990s it, calling. It's it's basically a game about in, in medieval times and you fight Dracula and vampires and stuff. And it's it's in a castle, hence Castlevania. Really bright cartoon colors. Yeah. All that. And so the the show is based off of Castlevania three, I believe. It sort of emulates the Japanese animation style and uh does it actually really well because even though it's like a completely Western production, for a second I was like, is this is this made in Japan and dubbed over? Uh partially because the voice acting just sucks. <laughs> But it's 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 really cool. The the interesting thing about it from a story perspective is it it does the whole like oh Dracula's the hero now and and like the, and the pope. Pe the people the pope is the villain. So they really they really turn it turn it upside down. Right. I guess. So what what yeah. basically like the the basic premise is it's like about Dracula being like oh like you you killed somebody that i cared about now i'm gonna destroy you in one year to the day i'm gonna destroy you and then the pope is like you do you, you don't do you can't do anything to me i'm the pope and then one year later a giant like flaming head of dracula appears over the town and comets like meteors start raining over the whole city and and i was like this is amazing. I love this. Exact your revenge on the Pope. Yeah, and it starts like raining blood and like demons pop out and like start killing people and it's it's pretty great. It seems like pretty biblical. Like if the Pope had read the Bible well, like he'd yeah. know that was gonna happen. Yeah. In notes. It's it's weird right. that that the Pope of all people would be like, You're just a you demons have no power. Like it's it's like an interesting just just a Juxtaposition. <laughs> there we go. We're uh, trying. Words are hard. It's hot I'm in sorry. here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a this is a tiny studio space. Anyway, yeah. um, the show is great. The animation is great, but I cannot get over this voice. This show's mm. voice acting. Like, I'm gonna give you a sample. Okay, it's here Dracula, we go. Here right? We go. It's Dracula, so you expect this like epic voice, and, yeah, it, like, and it's hello, and it's just like, oh no, she killed my wife. You killed my wife. Like it's the, like this low. It sounds like they're phoning it in the whole time, and like the the wife is like, "Oh no, Dracula, I'm dying." Oh I'm no, just like a few stay. people in a basement. It yeah. it's not that Voice it's bad acting. audio quality, but like they sound like robots pretending to be human actors. Oh no, it's like this is how humans show fear and emotion. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. So like. I really don't dislike the voice acting, but I might stick with it because it's only four episodes, 20 minutes a piece. 
Um, Maybe you should leave like some really aggressive, consistent comments about how shitty the voice is. I mean, it's, can you comment net, on it's Netflix. Netflix. I don't think you can, can you? comment. No? no, you can just like or dislike. Like flag it and like give them a and and the 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 message. comment the the voice acting isn't bad enough compared to the beautiful art style that I would want to dislike it. Mm. Um, like really, this is like one of some of the most gorgeous animation I've ever seen. It's really interesting and, and beautiful and fascinating to see this like really traditional animation art like go CGI in some parts. I just have a question. Yeah. Like I haven't seen the show, mm-hmm. but is it 2D or is it 3D? Uh it's 2D. It's 2D. Okay. Yeah. So okay. 2D is like South Park, right? Yeah. South Park right. is 2D. Okay. And like right. Simpsons is well not. No, it's Simpsons like your sometimes it's 3D. Sometimes it's 3D. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty not like family guy. So Chris likes to look at pretty things. We got it. It's yeah. I, I definitely think that it's worth at least checking out, even if it's not your cup of tea. Mm. It it has enough interesting stuff in it where you're like, all right, I'm kind of down. And you do it in a Mrs. Dracula voice. That's how you're going to say. All right, I'm kind of down. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no. He's going to get stuck in the voice. Okay. So um, what's this thing called again? Um, Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah, and on Netflix. Alrighty. Well, Tess, mm-hmm. um, since I'm boring you, <laughs> what have what have you been watching? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's hot, and I'm tired, man. It's you're not boring me. I'm just I'm yawning for this. I can't. Sure. Say. I've been trying. I yawned a lot in the last five minutes, and it's not good. Sure. Bored. Uh, I just um, happened to took exactly the last five minutes <laughs> for the audio listener. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> And I literally was looking you right in the eye half the time. Yeah. yeah. It was like, are you seeing this yawn on my face right now? End it. End my suffering. That's basically what was happening. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So um, the last couple of days, I've really been like searching Netflix to find something that, it's you hard. know, that would be fun to talk about and would be really like culturally, culturally relevant to now because... You know, there's always something new on Netflix. There's always something like, you know, uh, Orange is the New Black ended or not ended, but came out a couple months ago and everybody watched it. And now like really the quickly, craze is over. Um, I'm going to yeah. inter- interject for two seconds. Do you know about Netflix's content plan f- for the future? No. They're planning to ramp up production so hard that they want like a new series to come out every two weeks on Netflix. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's That's too much. too much. That's too much. Um, so. Just to because and I'll tell you why that's too much because like I was looking at the original con- Netflix original content um, category on on Netflix and I was trying out a couple things last night and it's like nothing caught my eye. I tried watching The Ranch, which is like Ashton Kutcher. It was terrible. I thought it was a drama like it looks like a drama. The opening sequence is like. The opening credits are dramatic and like, you know, a, a Midwestern ranch and you're thinking like it's a serious show and then it's a sitcom with a laugh track. And it's that guy who always plays a cowboy, like an old cowboy, that man who was the voice like way down here. Do you know what I'm talking about? Either yeah. of you guys, is, that is actor. Is that not charming though when you like, to, to me it's cool when I expect something and all of a sudden there's a laugh track and I'm like, all right, I hate this, but. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's I five minutes and it was all I watched the first five minutes and it was just all exhibition like 
let me tell you what happened in the last 20 years and why we don't like each oh, other. Exposition? And it was like, ex- yeah, what did I say? Exhibition. I was <laughs> like, were they at like a like muscle dude show, whatever those are called? And somehow we also have to believe that Ashton Kutcher is a football player. Like it really was, and it was the guy who played Stephen Hyde from that 70s show also. So it's clearly like he had hired his friend and it just, it was bad. So I was like really. On, I have a question. Okay. I'm trying to get to my, what was I watching? But go ahead. I know. Is there a scene in that show that you saw where the the football hits Ashton Kutcher in the head and he goes, no, you destroyed my hair. There might be. I didn't see. I only saw one. Because if there isn't, man. There should be. That's a missed opportunity. right? Hey, there. Ashton Kutcher, if you're listening, new season idea. Yeah. You just yeah. Also, thanks for listening. Also, thanks for listening, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> You're so busy with two sitcoms apparently and a and a baby. Um anyway, so the thing that I ended up coming to that was on my, you know, you you've been watching this list is a uh, Black Mirror. And that's that's yes! that's been out for a while, a couple of years, I think it's on season 3 and I I, I was resisting it for the longest time, and I finally, about six months ago, gave in and watched the whole first season, um, and then somehow I skipped season two. I didn't even know how that happened, but then I went to season three, and for those who don't know, Black Mirror, uh, the episodes don't correspond to each other. They're all, like, commentaries. It's an anthology series. It's an anthology series, and each episode, or the series in general, is a commentary on human culture and kind of how we evolve um and how like a social commentary it's a social commentary so like the first episode if anybody is interested in watching the show and hasn't i would not recommend watching the first episode of season one because it's um it's amazing (laughs) what are you talking about it's it's i do not recommend but any other episode is fascinating like that one was very scarring but every other episode is super fascinating that's the first season yeah oh wait so for those who are not seeing this evan's face was like say what (laughs) why would they pick that for their pilot right that was my other thing because it's the best it was so good so the the pilot episode the premise is basically um somebody is hacked into or somebody has kidnapped the princess of of england like not the real princess it's kind of like modern times but it's like different human they're not like it's not like princess uh kate or anything like that princess of britain princess of britain or whatever um and the idea is that the prime minister that the guy who has kidnapped the princess has threatened to kill her unless the prime minister has sex with a pig a live pig on live television and for the whole episode they're like obviously you're not going to have sex with the pig but we have to find the princess well like the whole episode they're trying to find the princess i'm trying to find a way to like uh, thwart these hackers or these kidnappers or whoever, and then at the end of the episode, Don't. there's this. Sh- Guys, we just cut out the spoiler, so um, don't be if you just heard a cut in the in the episode. Don't be surprised. But it's the first episode's really shocking, and then every episode has a twist that is like you expect one thing, and then it's different, which is really vague and weird, but. Every episode is a commentary on 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 society. So like one of them in the first season, I think it is, or maybe it's the third. I don't know what season it is. This world where people get life points on their phone. So like Yeah, the latest season is very heavily influenced by like social technology media. Technology and stuff like that. And it's as if they're taking something real that occurs today, like your relationship with your phone and how much information you put in your phone. And they like bring it to an extreme that in real life could very much happen in the future mm. if people like 
abused and misused or whatever. Like one of them is about the extinction of bees and that they create these like fake bees that pollinate the world because bees have gone extinct or something, you know? So it's like they really take stuff that's happening in real life and push it to an extreme that could very much happen. And it's it's frightening because it could be real. Yeah, it's scary as hell. Like my favorite moment is, Yeah. yeah, my favorite moment is like during that episode where like you rate people on your phone they oh, go yes, like they go like oh you as a person only have a three and a half star star rating Value, you don't yeah. qualify for like these benefits uh, on your job or like you don't qualify for this loan for your house yeah that's when i was like oh my god this, this is this is good television this that. is nuts it was it's it's crazy and then you know, is and I think every episode has a different director as well. Different cast, different, different location, cast, everything. Different everything. So, but there's actress from Doctor Who, the woman who plays it, who is the new female doctor, is on Black Mirror in one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. She's in the one where um, people have cameras in their eyeballs and record everything mm-hmm. as contacts. Yeah, and there's this whole yeah, and it's also like a lot about AI and like yeah. how oh, yeah. how the potential of how humans could discriminate robots once they reach like human intelligence levels and it's stuff. Kind of like Westworld too. It's like, like crazy. Like that's well, so it's yeah, the whole show itself is awesome. Is is awesome, but also right. frightening. And the thing that stuck out to me was I I watched some more of it last night because I'm not like serious or not like caught up with the series yet. Um, but I watched last night uh, one called White Bear where this woman wakes up. She doesn't know who she is or where she is. And she keeps seeing this weird, like it kind of looks like a Nazi symbol on every television in her house and all the screens. She's walking around outside. She's like, who am I? Like, why does my head hurt? This feels weird. And she sees people in her neighborhood, but they're holding phones, like taping her. Oh, I know what you're talking and about. And, um, they're just taping her be confused like on their cell phones and she's like why won't you help me when they won't talk to her and then some guy like try, starts chasing her and trying to kill her and going on you're kind of in her head like what is happening why is somebody trying to kill me I don't know if I should spoil it or not because well, like, sounds like a nightmare don't. it sounds like, like a, a night- dream like a real yeah. nightmare that I, you would yeah. have in real life yeah. Um, but I'm not going to spoil the end um, because it's really fascinating to twist that nobody like saw coming, but it was, it's a commentary on the justice system and like how people who are criminals could be um, punished in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's just like something you would never expect, but also like, wow, in a future world with like less, I mean, less empathy, maybe this could be a thing. That could happen. Every what I love about that show, every episode you have that moment of like, oh, oh fuck! Shit. Yeah, <laughs> what you're do you like, like pull at your collar and you go and you wipe your sweat off your brow and. Yeah. So now that we've gone on on for very long about what we've been watching, nothing um, is real. Everything's a lie. Yes, Black Mirror. Watch it. Hi, this is Tess Pelicano, and you're listening to Fade In. If you like what you've been hearing so far, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. You can also rate us and leave a review as it helps rank us among other podcasts. Now back to the show. 
now we're going to get to our main segment of uh, the show. We're here to talk with Evan, who's an editor, about um, editing, and but specifically the importance and effect of pacing in the edit. So I'm going to let Chris take this. This was your idea topic. I'm sorry, what? We didn't <laughs> talk about this. Um, I guess let's start with pacing is such a vague and hard to sort of grasp term. So what, in your opinion, are, are the elements that come into play when it comes to pacing? Are you talking about the speed of the cuts? Well, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm hinting at is it's hard to nail down what pacing is. So what is pacing in a movie to you? To me, pacing in a movie is a lot about emotion, and it's how you want to present it. So when you're watching you know, a really dramatic movie and there's a really sad scene, the cuts are going to be probably really long you know between each shot but then if it's an action sequence they're gonna be really quick cuts okay who i'm thinking about right now who i'm thinking about right now is walter Murch, and he talks about um specifically he talks about pacing and how um the way when you cut between two shots is it's very similar to when you blink and it's like it has to do he goes into this whole theory about blinking and how blinking is what you do when you're nervous and all into that but like a faster cut is faster blinking. And so it's like you're getting more information that way. Right. So like if you're, you know, in a really fast, intense scene and there's a ton of things happening and you have all these, those fat cut, fast cuts, the pace seems to be really fast because it's, you're getting so much information all at once. Your eyes are like absorbing mm. bits of information all in, one, all in one piece. Yeah, there's definitely. So me and my good friend, Sean, we like to use this phrase called trimming the fat, Ooh. which is sort of like related to pacing. If, if, if a you know it's kind of the idea of you want to enter a scene late and leave a scene early and um that's definitely something i've noticed is um is that you you want to just jump right in and get right out and if something even if something's a good joke if it takes too long to get to it you're better off like getting rid of it darlings as they say (laughs) or as max landis says uh Take a seesaw, cut your drawings in half, and keep them barely alive on an IV drip until somebody buys them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Well, uh, to to go back to your point, um, Evan, about um, you know the blinking metaphor. I don't remember where I saw this this video. It may have been a film riot video, but they were talking about when to make the cut in a in an edit where you're talking back and forth. Uh, between two people Mm -hmm. and you're doing like an over the shoulder and then back and he was saying that you know you cut right after the uh, like if you're looking at subject a and subject b begins to speak you don't cut before subject b begins to speak you cut like moments after because the cut is as if you're turning your head so it's kind of like it's it's a similar concept, I would say, to the blinking thing, because it's like you're trying to recreate the natural as if you were there in real life. Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me broaden that out. Uh, <laughs> how do you, Evan, how, how do you approach a scene? And specifically, since we're mentioning conversation, let's say there's an there's an there's a conversation scene. How, how do you approach it? Are you uh, uh, like? Yeah, that's that's broad. That's a broad um, question. One way to look at it would be if you're trying to see who has control over the scene, who has the primal control of the scene. So if you have two people talking and one person seems to be dominating the conversation, you would think about showing the emotion in the actor of who has the least control. So like you show the person who's, you know, like you have Kevin Spacey and 
What's that He's show? He's got control in every every scene. In every um, scene. It's House of Cards. Yeah, he just like powers down on people. But you show the, the, the emotional reaction on the weak actor's face when he doesn't have control. And so, so speaking about that, about like control, um, to me, pacing is, is largely about how similar or not similar the next shot is to the previous one and how jarring or not jarring that is. Because um, I know, for example, uh, when I direct the live streams at our local church, uh, we have three cameras and I try to avoid going from these really big wide shots of the whole stage into a close-up of the singer because that's really jarring and it doesn't flow well. It sort of ruins the pacing. Yeah. So you go from a wide shot to a medium to a close-up. Mm-hmm. That sort of makes sense. It sort of guides the audience across the shots. Um, and so, yeah, and like that's sort of like the idea, like, if 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 shot A and shot B are too similar, it seems like a jump cut that's jarring, which is useful for some moments, not for not for not useful for most. Uh, and if your shots are too different, that's also jarring. Again, useful for some, not useful for most situations. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. is is I see you thinking there, Evan. Is, yeah. is that something that you do in your own work, or do you do something different? You're... Feel free to disagree. Yes. Right. No, I, no I, right answer. I just wish there was a really like concrete technical way of describing how to do a cut. Yeah, isn't it, that hard? It's a visual medium. But I don't think there really is. You just it's, sort it's of just, feel it, right? You feel it like what <laughs> I thought it was a weird analogy, but like in a scene you're inflating a balloon and if there's something that's not right in it, just, all the air just flies out of the balloon. Yeah. It's gone. Like it's mm-hmm. all about making the cuts and making the, how the sound and how everything just moves together just keeping that balloon inflating so there's a line of dialogue that doesn't add to the scene the balloon deflates or if there's an awkward cut where you hear a little snippet of someone's audio you know deflates again like there's just no real like technical way to describe how it works it's just like you're watching it and does it feel right is there any moment where you just pause and like go oh that's you know you're taken out of the scene you're taken out of that you know fantasy that you're watching mm. so how do you and if you have no answer for this that's fine but how 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 do you think you learn how to feel the cut, so sort of speaking? Oh, was it just was it just over time through practice? Because that's that's sort of my situation where, um, kind of like a painter at first, it just feels weird to move a brush along a canvas mm-hmm. until eventually you sort of get a grip and it feels natural. Or like playing a guitar at first, you're like the hell is this weird giant wooden thing that's on my that's uh in my lap (laughs) um so like yeah i just started cutting stuff and shooting (laughs) stuff with my like shooting awful awful again awful sketches with my friends and cutting them and then realizing oh you know we we could have shot that that was missing and just experimenting with the cuts yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's like just being consistently immersed in that editing experience. Kind of like if you're listening to music, if you listen to a lot of music, you start to like pick up smaller sounds and you know certain things a little more. You're, kinda, you're just like flexing a muscle. You're getting to know things 100%. more. Yeah. yeah, and then once you, as soon as you stop and you stop for a week, and then you go back to you know trying to do it again, you just feel like you don't have it. Mm. Uh, does yeah. do you think that being an active sort of viewer of film helps this a lot yeah yeah because 
Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I guess you'd have to be a, a, a viewer who's like in the know of what to look out for. Because I think studying film definitely helps, but yeah. I don't know that just watching. You I think the it, audio. I think it <laughs> does sometimes. I mean, like if you're watching, like like if you're say you're watching documentaries and then you switch over to watching some action movies, mm-hmm. then if you're editing, your cuts are going to be probably maybe a little bit faster. Mm. You know, oh, in the action. Oh, yeah. It oh, just yeah. kind of just it just affects what you're editing. Like yeah. the bigger yeah. your library of watched movies is, the more you feel the pace. Mm. And yeah. But <laughs> if you just watch a scene without any audio, it makes you a lot more aware. Uh, oh yeah, of of the cinematography of it. And so I watched the, uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah. I would watch it on mute because it was mm-hmm. just too scary. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing. But yeah, you sort of remove the mask of music, which sort of like fills you with emotion. It guides your emotion. Music yeah. guides yeah. your emotion in the edit. Yeah. So as I said before. Evan, you uh, edited uh, House of Fury, which um, everybody is now watching on our YouTube page and loving it. That was, it didn't seem like too challenging an edit, but what about that? I don't know. You're giving me a look. Was it a challenging edit? What what was kind of something that stuck out to you about that? I mean, it was was a kind of edit that I hadn't done before. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's martial arts and, you know, there's a lot of fast-paced action. And trying to be continuous with that action, yeah. so you, you know, see someone fly across the screen. Well, where are they going to land? You know, what are they going to be doing in the next shot? So that was a lot different than what I've done. Um, do you think that the specificity of the martial arts genre and like uh, how 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 uh, formulaic that type of movie can be helped you define how to cut that it was more limited and more like you sort of like have have those boxes in your brain like the action flick the horror flick the martial arts movie has like a very specific set of elements that it that it works with do you think that those limitations helped you or do you think that they were more of a challenge i think they helped me yeah Mm -hmm. because it's an action movie you know action martial arts anything with like a fast action scene is pretty similar I mean, in, in House of Fear, there weren't too many, like, super choreographed, long scenes. <laughs> but I think what yeah. di- what differentiates martial arts movies from action movies is that they have really long scenes, typically, showing, you know, the skill of the... <laughs> the fighter. Of the fighters, yeah. And we did not have skills in our fighters. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had lots of yeah. sound effects. <laughs> yeah. We were all, Bridges. like, figuring no, it microwaves. out. We're winging it so hard right now. <laughs> we're just... We're, 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 Poor, we're, we keep apologizing uh, yeah. to Evan. Yeah, like yeah, we were either <laughs> doing cards up standard sorry. coverage. <laughs> yeah, we were either doing standard coverage uh, of like the story bits or for the choreography. It was just Dave was like, all right, do this shot. And I was like, I was so tired. I was just like, okay. Yeah. And then every time yeah. we wanted to do it again and again, he would yell, sorry, Evan, from, the, from off camera. Yeah. Like, honestly, and I talked to the whole team. I think just about everybody, until they saw it, how it cuts together, thought that this was going to be a major disaster. Yeah. I thought I thought we were going to just crash and burn, for sure. Until I went up and I saw, oh, this this cuts. <laughs> like, this works. Um, uh, I guess my question for you, Evan, would be, um, did, like, the the... 
desperation or like the worry of the crew translate into how you were like like did did you feel that on the footage or was the or was the footage just this disjointed thing that just sort of like oh this this all flows no i it didn't translate it was actually really like serene in the editing room <laughs> so you had this lovely fan the I, dyson I, I had fan. the dyson fan just like twisting and you know blowing air in my face it was just nice and dark and a really really comfortable chair <laughs> For like 17 hours. But well, I'm glad Even, you had a nice experience. <laughs> for those who also were not there, um, Evan also slept in that room. Yeah, there was yeah. an air mattress that he slept. So we didn't really leave that room except to eat and to pee. That was yeah. pretty much it for 48 hours. Like watching you come down the stairs sort of felt like um, when like a guy is leaving, like the most uh, the most heavily armed like prison in the United States <laughs> and the gate opens and he... And the sunlight hits you and you're just like, there's a yeah. whole world out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so, good. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank you for coming in and talking to us today on the show. We, uh, You are first guest of season two. So awesome. you're you're breaking in the, the microphone or something. I don't know. The, the guest chair. <laughs> and for those uh, who like listening to us and listening to this this nonsense, um, you can hear more of us uh, while you wait for the next episode. You can check out season one, which is right here on iTunes for you to hear. And you could just binge that until we come back next week. If you're interested and still haven't seen the films that we talk about that we make, that's on our YouTube page, Connecticut Filmworks, and all the behind the scenes from those films is on our Facebook page. Links also, in the show notes. Links in the show notes. Also on Connecticut Filmworks uh, Facebook page. So uh, you'll be able to see all of our pretty faces and not just hear our beautiful, beautiful voices, half of them going through puberty on air. No big deal. <laughs> but, uh, so I want the voice off, right? <laughs> so thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. On Faded. <laughs> It's, it's fun. It was yeah. fun to see them rotate in and out of the couch. <laughs> I felt kind of like a therapist, too. Like, Where did you? Well, like, because people would just come up here and they'd just, like sit down next to me and just like ask me questions about how what's going on, like, how's it, how's the edit going? And then they would just sit there for like 20 minutes while like so much drama is happening downstairs. And then they would go back downstairs. <laughs> Although my worry was more that you were lonely. It's I mean, a solitary sport. <laughs> <laughs> Editing. Yeah. Editing is I mean, it's not that lonely when you have voices in your head.